ho, holy crap, what a World Cup we had. Welcome to another episode of the Football Funders podcast and the last one for this year. We're going to be taking some time off over the seasonal holidays and uh, spending time with family, although I spend it often on Zoom, with my co-host and brother, that man Dan. How are you doing, Dan? Nice to have you back. Guten Tag. Um, Feliz Navidad to the world. We are in the Christmas mood. It's only two days until Christmas. Uh, not going to sing too much. As you can no? see, we have hats on. We have like tree in the background and sticky stuff and dangly stuff. And let's not get into the dangly and stuff. Some Pokemon. And some Pokemon over there too. <laughs> uh, we are going to be rounding up the World Cup because we didn't do it because, well, he got the flu. So we, we were waiting for him because podcasts, yes. just me, they're not much fun. We're going to talk World Cup and we're going to talk some fun news for Charlton and Manchester United, which should make for some good fun. So we're going to start off with a quick roundup of the World Cup and we're going to give you our teams. But before we do, we are going to give a quick shout out to our associates at Let Us Talk Mental Health, the football team raising money for mental health charity Mind. You can follow them on Twitter at Let Us Talk underscore MH and the proper blokes club.co.uk if you like that's their website now you can follow them at blokes club on twitter walking and talking breaking the stigma surrounding men's mental health now, a big shout out to all those guys at christmas and if you are feeling a bit down or want to help somebody out then go and donate or buy some merch for let us talk or go for a walk and a talk with uh, the proper blokes club any football coming up over the festive period for let us talk then no not that i'm aware of and he's the assistant manager it worries you doesn't it children Yes. Well, I'm well, aware of that's that's to know. Right, so we're going to quickly go over. I've pressed the wrong button here. We're going to quickly go over to the World Cup before we talk about the final. We're just going to have a quick because we didn't talk about the semi-finals. So uh, Argentina walloped Croatia three 0 in a very un-Croatia-like performance. Did you catch the semi-finals, Dan? I watched neither of them. Right, I'll run out through this quickly. In a very un. Croatia-like performance, where <laughs> normally they're technically very good, quite solid defensively and tactically very astute. For some reason, Croatia's defence just decided to abandon their goalkeeper for this one, and all their goals basically came straight through the middle. And on the next day of Christmas, or the next day of the World Cup... Is it going to load? Are you loading? The Frog's Legs. Yeah, the Frog's Legs. A very hard-fought performance against Morocco. Uh, which, let's be honest, that was what Morocco were all about, to be honest. They were very tough to beat. And France squeaked through in the end on to the World Cup third place playoff. I didn't even watch that, I must admit. Morocco did themselves proud, I think, even getting fourth place in a World Cup. Before we get into the actual World Cup itself, Dan, do we need this game at a World Cup? No. The only reason they do it is to give a medal. Well done, you finished third. But it's Who not cares? the Olympics. Who needs a medal? Do you well, even want... I think the last World Cup of England played in it, didn't they? Do you even played want Belgium. a I don't even know what score medal? Was. No. no. Like I said, like, England played Belgium in the 2018 World Cup. We played in this game. I know we lost. I can't tell you what the score was. She didn't care. No, can't... I don't care either. You win, you get a medal for fishing third. Well done. You, can't... you didn't even make it to the final. Here's a medal. But Croatia apparently the third best team in the world, although FIFA rankings, they don't say All that. Right. Don't tell Pete. And to the final, and what a final we had. Oh, my gosh. Quite arguably, I think, the best final I have ever witnessed in my relatively old life now. 
three three Argentina and France in well it went to penalties and Argentina won four two with arguably some of the worst penalties I've seen from France in quite a while. <laughs> They were up there with Spain. This tournament has not been very good when it comes to penalty shootouts, has it? No, it hasn't. Um, and then I had to watch Leonardo Trossard. I know this isn't related, but obviously he missed a penalty at the World Cup. And then it came to the Valley and missed a penalty. So maybe it's cursed them all. Maybe penalty shootouts are just going to be crap now for the best team. And we will be getting on to Charlton at the Valley in a little bit. Uh, did you watch the World Cup final? I, oh, I did, yes. I didn't plan on. Um, but I ended up watching it because I had nothing all else to do. What a final, as you rightly said, I think definitely the best World Cup in my lifetime, World Cup final. And um, a game where the build-up was all about the two stars. And for a change, the build-up actually equaled on the pitch because it was the two stars that shot. It definitely lived up to the hype, I'll give it that. And Mbappe with a hat-trick late on. I must admit, I didn't see the first half. Permit the front, um... please. I had my son over and he commandeers the TV while he's here. So I didn't get to see it. But I was fortunate enough to uh, find a way to watch it on my laptop and tuned in just in time for the Kylian Mbappe show or Kermit the Frog, as Dan likes to call him. What a player. The heir to the messy throne, do we think? It's between him or Haaland, isn't it? Well, I think it's probably Mbappe, sort of like in terms of Messi. I think Haaland kind of, for me, replaces Ronaldo. And Mbappe replaces Messi, and we no, need my, someone else. My worry to come with now, my worry with Mbappe is he's got he's already shown all of Ronaldo's divas traits. Yeah, but and I also believe if you can't play for PSG, I'm sorry, I won't. I won't give like I wouldn't ever vote a PSG player the best player in the world because you're playing for France. Yeah, but I mean, people talk about Ronaldo being a diva and Mbappe having the same traits, but Messi's. A bit of a diva as well. A lot of people yeah, don't but, see but it. But they do it differently. But, yes. Mbappe and Ronaldo have done it very publicly, where Messi has done it, but just not in the same way. Yes. I, I would argue that, that Messi's a bit more clever with his diva-ishness, if that's a real word. You have to have an ego and be a diva to be that high in football. It's just how yeah. it is. It's how you portray yourself. And I think the thing that's shown with Ronaldo is, is because you are constantly at a high level, constantly earning praise, and all this money and all this fame is just when it all starts to fall away, when you're no longer able to hit that height, it's very difficult to come to terms with. And I think that's why you see the downfall of Ronaldo's attitude because nobody's kissing his ass anymore, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And um, in complete honesty, don't really care what happens to Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and I was quite glad he wasn't in this game. I was happy to watch the Messi and Mbappe final. And, um, as much as most English people probably won't like it, I kind of wanted to see Messi hold the World Cup. And I've seen it now. When Messi scored the goal that made it 3-2 to Argentina, the whole world, I think everyone thought that's it. That this is it. Messi's done it. It's finished. And then obviously then Mbappe scored the penalty just because Martinez, I think, did he did touch it, didn't he, Martinez? I'm he got his sure. hand. I think, I think he got his hand to it. Um, and then, as you said, we went to penalties. And Martinez did some peak shithousing for uh, Tushimane's penalty, which he then decided that even though they took the penalty in Qatar, he kicked the ball back to France. So that's nice of him. And then obviously, what a moment for Gabriel Montiel, who FM legend from a few years back, took the winning penalty for his country. According to Paolo Diabala, they've slept about four hours in the last four weeks, four days. I'm not surprised. I've got to admit, Argentina were famous for shithousery in this tournament, weren't they? It yes. was 
you could make a similar argument, I suppose, to Morocco as well, who were <laughs> a little bit niggly. But Morocco, the difference being, in my opinion, Morocco played shit house football. Argentina were just shit houses. Completely, and I must across the board. I can't remember <clears throat> what you predicted because, like, you changed it a couple of times. Well, no, I had. I always had the same final. I had the yeah, same quarterfinal. Who, who did you pick to win? Brazil. Oh, okay, right. I think I predicted France, and, and then I, once Brazil, once Brazil went out, I then said Argentina will win it. Right, got it. Yeah. I was going to say I thought France's composure would lead them to win the final because oh. of all the shit housery that Argentina were up to. I thought eventually it's going to come back to yeah. bite them and they'll get sent off or something and France would keep their composure and win. But I think, to be fair, I don't think France turned up for the first half, did no. they? I mean... Well, they didn't turn up until... They didn't return up until about 10 minutes left. Yeah. Um, they, the, mm. But the, I think the main reason they lost, and they, they should have lost it in normal time, when me and you sat down to have that podcast before the England-France game, I said, France can't defend. Well, they proved it. They cannot. Yes. Their defence is Awful. You can say what you want about the players in there. That defence just was not good. And I don't think either of us has got any French players in the back three, right? In our back four for tournament. I have. We'll, we'll get into that. I have. If I have. But... If, I, if I have now, I look like a twat. I don't think I do. I, I think the good thing about this World Cup final is the final itself is the standout memory for the whole tournament. If you go back and look over the, over the whole tournament, there's some great goals. There's some wonderful moments, you know, Morocco, arguably for me, I think team of the tournament, would that be, would they be your team of the yeah, tournament too? Yeah, yeah, they've got, they've got to be, yeah. And, um, but overall, you just see this wonderful final where two of the biggest stars on the planet turn up and do exactly what they're supposed to do. A lot of people argue that some of the big names don't turn up on the big occasion and, and they bottle it. But on this occasion... Messi and Mbappe turned up spectacular. I will say, for someone that I think a lot of people had written off and having watched like the full game, Argentina fell apart when Di Maria came off. The minute Di Maria came off, they they didn't look right. Um, so he was really big part of their game. And, that, and obviously I said it to Ryan uh, that day or I think the next day. I told him Martinez that I've lost faith in the boy. Yeah, Dan was not complimentary about the Tyro Martinez. He could have had, he could, probably could have been the lean goal scorer in this tournament with the chances he's had. I don't think he's come away with a, with a single. He has a chance to win it for Argentina in like the last minute. And he's not even close. He's like the Darwin Nunes of Argentina. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You see, Darwin Nunes, I mean, we're recording this the night after the Cup, Carabao Cup. Darwin Nunes should have had that trick against Man City last night, but he, can't, he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. I feel sorry for Darwin Nunes because I don't. He does, he's not a good footballer. He either looks fantastic or looks no. like what everybody chants at him, which is you're just a shit Andy Carroll. He is a shit Andy um, But I also feel sorry for Mbappe because who else goes to a World Cup final, scores a hat trick before penalties, scores a penalty as well. And this is another thing I, I'm, we're going to bring up while we're just going round and round on this one. Why don't penalties in penalty shootouts count in your goal tally at the end of a tournament. Surely they should. A goal is a goal. No, because it's not classed as... Um, there, is a, there is an official reason, and I can't remember what the official writing is, but basically it doesn't count as a in-game situation. Right. Well, if anybody can find the official reason, then let us know on Twitter, at FBallFunders, I think it is, or what's our email address, Dan? FBallFundersPod at gmail.com. There we go. So let us know if you've got the answer. 
because we don't. But I do feel sorry for Mbappe. Three goals plus a penalty in the shootout, and he's still not a world champion. Well, technically he is a world champion because he's won it before with France, but not on this occasion. No, there you go. Penalty shootouts, the, the official reason. Penalty shootouts are considered separate to match result and are only there to determine which team progresses. Therefore, they have no count towards a player's team or tally. Oh, I'm sorry, I disagree. I think a goal's a goal. I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue that one. I think no. it should be. If you put the ball in the back of the net and, it, and it's a, a, a goal, then what's the point of having a, a penalty shootout if they don't count? Because it's literally to decide who wins. Yeah, but, but it doesn't, does it? If they're not official goals then you could say, okay, well, no, they don't count because they're not official goals. They're not in no, a... I'm fine with the rules. Uh, bollocks, I think they should be changed. I don't care. Anyway, who was your player of the tournament, Dan? Lionel Messi. Or Mbappe. See, this sounds cringy because of the situation. Generally, was between Messi or Mbappe. Or Amrabat at Morocco. I, I think keep Messi getting him confused it. because there was a player called Nordin Amrabat. Yeah, from Watford. <laughs> But apparently it's not the same guy. For the, for the first game, I thought that was him. And I thought, he's doing well, isn't he? So what is the first name of this one? Because like... Sofian. Sofian, right. Okay. Yes. Um, because I was like, okay, hold on a minute. I ain't need some really dodgy player that I've seen play. Some, like, some, some shite winger that played for yeah. <laughs> I was like, all of a sudden he's become like this defensive midfield maestro. What's going on? <laughs> not the same player. So, so who was your star of the tournament? Well, I said Messi. You're going messy, are you? Uh, but I I gave Mbappe and Amrabat fair shout. Mine was Mbappe. Um, I thought Mbappe was sensational. I do believe I predicted him to be top goal scorer at the World Cup. And yes, I'm pleased to say that I got one bloody prediction right in this World I Cup. I said Messi. I went far off. No. <laughs> um, but we did get round to doing teams, our own uh, teams of the tournament. No worries. And I think they we did go far. Start with Dan's. Let's start with Dan's first. Morning. Da, 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 well, da, da, da. Actually, it's afternoon. Spoiler alert. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Here we have Dan's side. So let's run through it. I can't even pronounce this goalkeeper's name. I'm going to call him Bono. Let, Bo- Bonu. Is it Bonu? Is it Bonu? I thought it was Bonu. Uh, the Moroccan be. goalkeeper Bonu, who I believe is plays in Portugal, Benfica, I think. It's not for much longer by the looks of it. No, because he had an outstanding tournament. Where's he going? He's going to Bayern Munich, supposedly, because Neuer's out for the year, isn't he? Yes, Manuel Neuer, for any Bayern Munich fans who listen to the show. Broke Merry his Christmas, Germany. After the World Cup. Yep. You've lost Neuer. Your World Cup was shit, and we laughed at you. <laughs> and we still don't speak German. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, go on and make your case for Bono. Um, I don't really think there needs to be a case made, really. I think he just he's made a, a lot of saves wasn't supposed to be Morocco's first choice, came to the World Cup as a second choice. First choice gets injured, I think, in the first game in like the warm-up or something. Wasn't this the... No. It was, <laughs> who, was the guy, who was the goalkeeper who got like the concussion that we talked about? No, no. Was, was that for Morocco? I have no idea. Maybe. The fir- in in the first happened. game? Yeah. Yeah, and it was the keeper. Morocco, had about 14 minutes stoppage time in the first half because well, that was Iran when that was our game. Was it Iran, okay, yeah. right, I'll take your word for but it. But anyway, he wasn't the first choice keeper, but came in, kept his side in it. As much as people will say the defense, and we'll come on to some other, re- as you can see, we'll come on to a few more key Moroccan players. But I think without him, they do not get anywhere near the semi final. I quite agree. There were, for me, I think there was three. It was for me, it was him or Martinez. 
I, I think for me there was three. I think it was him, Martinez, or Livakovic of uh, Croatia, who's been outstanding. He shit the bed against Argentina. He did indeed, but to be <laughs> fair, his whole defence abandoned him. If you go and watch two of the goals, literally they just punt a ball over the top, and then Julian Alvarez just runs straight past the defence like they don't even know he's there, and then just puts it past the keeper. What was your, I saw changing subject quickly, staying on that penalty that the keeper gave away for Argentina against Argentina, the mm-hmm. Argentina Croatia game. Did you think it was a penalty? I did. I thought it was a stone wall penalty. So did I. If the goalkeeper... seemed to be some kind of debate, and I was going, "Why, why no. are they debating?" There was no no penalty. They were like, the, their argument was, "Where could he go?" And it doesn't matter where not he could there. go. If you come out and you get the ball, that's not a foul. You have to get the ball. The minute you don't touch the ball, penalty done. So, on to your right back, which is Akif Hakimi of Paris Saint Germain and Morocco again. Um, were there any other candidates? Because I can't really think of any. I think Denzel Dumfries did all right with Holland. Uh, yeah, I've got that, that, my candidate, that was... which I'll go through in a minute. But yeah, so mine, my thinking was going to be him or Jules Kunde, right? Um, uh, because I just didn't really, I didn't think there was many wing backs that jumped out at me. Because for Denzel Dumfries did okay, but I thought he was better at the Euros than he was at the World Cup. I don't I know if that. Affected my choice, but I just thought Hakimi was the best. I think he would played so well for Morocco. Uh, we'll get on to another Moroccan I've seen a bit, and then there's one that just missed out. Um, but I just thought Hakimi was so good defensively, and when they went forward, Hakimi always had a way, was always part of it. So I thought I couldn't leave Hakimi out. I I, I agree. Uh, on to Romero. You've picked Romero as one of your your centre halves. He's a beast. I love this man. He's hard as nails, and he's a shit house, which means he gets a little bit of a vote as well. I just, um, yeah, I just think Romero's really solid. I didn't really. This this is partially a vote because he has to play next to Otamendi. Um, so it's kind of he's doing two men's job because Otamendi's crap. Um, I, was both... say, I was really surprised that Otamendi started ahead of Lisandro Martinez of Man United, yeah. given uh, Martinez's level of shithousery and also how good he's been for Man United. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you called it. Romero and Martinez next to each other. It's just shit out. Like they both get sent off. But yeah, both Romero and, and Gvardio, I think, uh, from Croatia, centre-back pairing. Both just phenomenal um, centre-halves. Both probably the key to the defending for Croatia and Argentina at the tournament. Um I don't think Croatia gets to the semi-finals without Vardio. Levakovic too, but I think Vardio played a massive role. I completely agree. For me, I think he was the centre-half of the tournament, defender of the tournament for me. And at left-back, you've got Molina of Argentina. Yeah, this is cheating. Technically, he's a right-back. But, um, I mean, Molina, I think, we saw it in the final. We saw it against Holland. Netherlands. Sorry, Holland. Sorry, Dutch people. Um, Molina is a very attacking wing-back and... Obviously, he's very key to Argentina's build-up play. Um, got a few assists, scored against... I think it was the Dutch he scored against. Uh, and as I said, I just didn't... I don't think it was a tournament where the wing-backs particularly shone. I have I must admit, a, a right wing-back or right-back, whatever you want to call them these days, I thought there were three options. At left, I couldn't really find one. No, that's what I mean. So that's why I ended up putting Milena over on the left. The, the the main ones you would argue for would probably be Luke Shaw, who I don't think had a massive to- massively good tournament, 
especially compared to his performance at the Euros. Oh, I saw that Tio Hernandez is in the official one. I said you can get started. Yeah, and Tio Hernandez was quite good going forwards, but terrible going backwards. <laughs> Moving into central midfield, let's talk about your holding midfielder first, which is the other Amrabat that I didn't know about. The other Amrabat. <laughs> Go for it. I, I don't really know what, what else to say. Um, every block made on the edge of the box was Amrabat. 92nd minute of literally seemed like every game, Morocco had to get the ball away. Amrabat was steaming up the field. It was just everywhere, wasn't he, for them? Absolutely everywhere. Tackles, passes. He had he got the crap kicked out of him against Spain, where I think they were just so angry that he was in their face the whole time. What a player. He reminded me, not in the same style of player, but kind of like, he reminds me of N'Golo Kante in the sense of, He's everywhere. Sometimes you're convinced there's more than one of them on the pitch. The sheer mm. volume of of grass that they cover and they always seem to be in the right place at the right time. I wouldn't say they're identical in style of play, but it very much reminds me. On to uh, your next choice in midfield, which was England shining light for this tournament and my uh, England player of this tournament, which was Jude Bellingham. He was just absolutely colossal. I think everything... You've said about Amrabat, I would argue you could say about Bellingham going forwards as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think genuinely believe France did a job on him because they knew they had to. I felt watching the France game that they had their midfielders set, especially Rabiot and Tushimane slash Kamaving, to pressure Bellingham because they knew if they gave Bellingham the room, they were in trouble. And the one time we kind of did stuff on open play, was through Bellingham winning the ball back and getting the ball out to Saka, enter the penalty for the first one. I as much I know we didn't get we only got to the quarter final, but you can't pick a team for the just semi finalists. Genuinely believe Drew Bellingham was a star at this World Cup. Absolutely. Uh, and I didn't at first I didn't think he was going to get in. I thought I'd put him on the side, but he beat out a few others um, because I just didn't think I could leave him out. I just think he took a big step Massive on the step. international stage. Massive this World step. Cup. I think the world now, we knew about him, and I think the top clubs knew about him. I think the world now knows about Drew Bellingham. I agree. I think he's gone from, it's quite a stark rise, actually, because if you think about it, about 12 months ago, he was just a bench option. And now I think he's arguably made himself completely undroppable. But I think if you asked a lot of England fans at, at the Euros last year, we were already calling for him to be in the team. Absolutely. And so even 12 months ago, he should have been in the team. But at least he's got in the team now. He's got to continue in the team because Bellingham and Rice can be out at the mid-pairing for eight years, ten years if they work together because they're both at that age group. And then build around them. But I just thought Bellingham was a star. Absolutely. On to your next choice in central midfield. Now, this for me was, I think, tactical genius yes. and arguably the tactical move of the tournament for me, which was... Uh, Antoine Griezmann, who I've seen play as a striker, a left winger, a right winger, a number a 10. 10. And in this tournament, he was just basically this number eight free-roaming yeah. playmaker who was just in, allowed to go and do whatever he wanted to do. And boy, did it work. Yeah, and even, again, like defensively, even against England, you saw him quite often playing and what that step... He, Granted, he stung, spent a lot of his time with Declan Rice, kind of positional, but he was coming back to build the play up. And when you have someone of that technical ability who can get the ball out of your defence 
and then play off past the ball. That, that's a golden, and as you said, a brilliant tactical move because his pace isn't what it used to be. Um, I saw on the, like, not, I don't know if it was the official one, like Sky Sports one, they put him as a as a right winger, and I was like, well, he hadn't played right wing the whole tournament, so how can you do that? <laughs> I think <laughs> the thing that amazed me the most about Griezmann, and I know this may sound really weird, but was his reading of the game. Um, he, he was like coming back, winning tackles and intercepting the ball when the ball was being played through. And then, like you said, he was like using that position to then dictate the beginning of every attacking move that fr- any good attacking move that France had. So for mm. me, I was really shocked to see someone who'd spent so long playing so far up the field in comparison to have that awareness and to be able to read the game so well, I was really shocked by that. So arguably, I think one of the the stars of the tournament had it not been for the performances of the two we'll get up, we'll talk about now, which obviously we've already discussed is Mbappe and Messi. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, those two, we've said that. And then my third choice was, as you can see, it's Julian Alvarez. Um, He... Did he get young player of the tournament? Because he should have. He did. I but no. It was it was Enzo, ben- wasn't it? I think. Well, that's wrong. For me, it was either Alvarez or Bellingham. Um, <laughs> I think it was Enzo. I could be wrong, but I think it was Enzo. I think Alvarez didn't start the World Cup, but as soon as he did come on the field, you saw it. And then I think, I think from my perspective, I think he had the legs to stretch defenses to create space for Messi. And yeah, but the good thing was. Obviously, off the bench, that's how it looked like, oh, he'll come off the bench, he'll create space. Then he started and he could do it for long periods. Yes. He was still doing it in the 80th minute of a game that he started. So for, for me, me that's, that's the key reason why I picked him. For me, there's no doubt he's a class act and he's going to be a great, great striker for the rest of his career. And the only problem for him is that he's got a certain Haaland in front of him at Manchester City at the moment. They'll find a way to get him. <laughs> Excuse me. If they find a way to get him in the team together, I worry about the 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 survival of the Premier League because they'll just blow everybody else away. I, I have a feeling we're going to get to a point where Man City will play Haaland and then Foden and Alvarez off Haaland. Oh, Lord. That's going to be frightening, <laughs> isn't it? Just chuck Phil Foden in as a number 10 and then just put the other two up front. Oof. Moving on to my team. Slightly smaller for some reason. I've no idea. Um, same goalkeeper as Dan. Uh, Garvada also makes the side. Hakimi also makes the side. We've discussed why. Juranovic for Croatia made my right back of the tournament. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Defensively very good. Attacking going forwards. I was surprised to learn that he plays for Celtic. And I don't think he's going to be playing in Scotland for much longer looking at this performance. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he might not get a big, big club, but I know people like uh, Southampton have a history of going up to Celtic and taking the likes of Virgil van Dijk and stuff like that. Once he's a spell in the championship, does he? <laughs> you never know. My my other centre-half who gets in that's different is Raphael Varane. I, I, he missed the first game for France. And I thought as soon as he came back in, I thought he did fantastically well. Um, and he was the linchpin. And in the final, there's this moment where he's just absolutely exhausted. He literally can't run anymore and gets taken off. And I think about the, <coughs> excuse me, terribly sorry, 
in about the 108th minute or something because he literally doesn't have any legs left. I thought it was outstanding. Midfield, exactly the same as Dan's. There's very little surprise. Those three were absolutely outstanding. Messi and Mbappe up front, of course, the same as Dan's. And But the only difference for between me and Dan was I went with uh, Cody Gakpo of the Netherlands. Netherlands, Holland, the Dutch, whatever you want to call them, whatever we have to call them. Uh, I thought he was a winger when the tournament started. And I was very surprised to see him playing up front and directly through the middle. And I'm going to say this, and people might completely disagree with me, but Dan probably will disagree with me. But I get a bit of the Van Persies about him. I don't know if you feel the way the same way, Dan. He's got the stature and the technique, um, and he's clearly a goal scorer. So I barely watched any Holland in this tournament, so I can't really comment. They seem to be on TV when I couldn't watch a game, so I don't. I can't really comment. Okay. Well, then that shuts that down then, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a player who you thought was, uh, who surprised you at this World Cup that wasn't Moroccan? Jude Bellingham? Like, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was that good. Um, that's how I'm trying to have a think. Alvarez? I knew Emmy Emmy Martinez, a lot of people would say, but I think everyone that watches Premier League football knew how good Emmy Martinez was. I think the one that really surprised me, and he's probably more of an unsung hero, was Argentina's, I think it's Alexis McAllister, who plays for Brighton. Um, He is much better than I thought he would be. I've seen him play for Brighton. I didn't think he was amazing. I've heard people talk about how good he is, how gifted he is, but I haven't really seen it at Premier League level. But at this World Cup... I thought he was a completely different player to the one we've seen at Brighton. Well, I, I know he was he was hoping to come back and play in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, but unlucky, Alex. Never mind, mate. <laughs> Speaking of playing in uh, Carabao Cup quarterfinals, as Dan's just mentioned, Charlton shithoused their way to knocking out Premier League Brighton in... The Carabao Cup, which has kicked off about, what, five days after the World Cup ended? Domestic football is back and running. And rather ironically, for the pair of us, it's actually lined up Manchester United versus Charlton Athletic at Old Trafford in the quarterfinals. Yes. So, Dan, go on. There's been so much going on at Charlton. You've got a new manager. You've got new members of the board. So, pick your chin up and go for it, lad. Uh, I have bugger all to say about the new people because I don't know who any of them are, including the new manager whose record as a manager is abysmal, but we'll give him his time. Uh, but yeah, we played Brighton on uh, Wednesday. I had a bet that Brighton would win 6-0. Uh, it didn't happen. Um, we. How much did you put on? Only a pound, but I was going to okay. win like 200 quid. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, the weekend we'd lost to Bristol Rovers and been bitch lap for no better word and I thought Brighton are going to dick us here did they have Alexis McAllister that was the question no he was you know <laughs> that I mean, might be why they didn't get six then he's too scared of coming to the valley which I understand you know? yeah so do I, I it's understand. bloody cold down there I understand you know you don't want to play against George Dobson I get it I get it I've seen him I wouldn't want to play it's even him colder either. after you've just come back from Qatar <laughs> but yeah um, last game for our caretaker who bless him has been put in a bit of a shit situation but w- which caretaker isn't um, 
Jason Pearce and Anthony Hayes have done a really good job. Uh, our players look like footballers for the first time this season. Uh, Ryan Innes didn't do anything stupid for the first time this season. And um, George Dobson showed that he, in fact, is the world's best footballer. Um, because everyone was, everyone in, in the Premier League has been tugging on themselves about Moises Saicedo for about the last what, seven months. Dobbo gave him a nice early kick, and he didn't say anything after that. And uh, we didn't, we didn't try and score because uh, what's the point? We can't do it again in a league game. We can do it against Brighton. Um, so we just defended for our lives. I've done if you've seen it, but I've, I officially saw the best dive in existence. I have not. You'll have to send it to me. Ecuador left back. Ecuador. Is it the World Cup. Estrapatin. Estrapatin. I know who you're talking about. I can't Cup. pronounce it. I know who you're talking about. Played for Brighton. He in about the 93rd minute goes in the box. Uh, Raksaki, who we have on loan from Palace, who I love uh, that name. Brighton game. The Charlton Brighton game to be a Palace player. Ooh. Bless him. There's a lot of songs about Palace, and they weren't very polite. Um, he. Raksaki slips and he gets the ball and then he tries to like dives but he's already on the floor before he's thrown his arms up in the air oh dear and it's like you're already on the floor yeah and the best bit about it is the camera looks at Raksaki who just kind of screws his face up and just points at him <laughs> like, oh dear just digging. Um, then we went to penalties and uh I was convinced we, we were done. Jane Stockley stu- uh, stepped up. He's Charlton's captain and he missed because he couldn't find off a banjo. He's got two goals in 24 league games. Don't know why we thought he was ever going to do anything from a penalty shootout. Uh, he missed. And then Brighton missed loads of penalties. Keith made some nice saves. Solly Marsh sent one to... That might have landed in Qatar. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Sam Lavelle, who's one of our centre-backs that I didn't know could kick a ball straight. Gets into the net. And booked our spot in the quarterfinals. Uh, I saw the list of teams that we were going to play. I was convinced we'd get Nottingham Forest because we played them a lot of times and we don't have good cup draws. And then Man United came out in the first name and I went, well, that'll do. And then I came Cholton and I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then the uh, next thing I did was uh, went to see how much train tickets to Manchester are. Because if I can get a ticket, you better believe I'll be there. <laughs> And if you can't get a ticket, we'll let you in on a, a little thing now. We are going to try, and uh, as long as it's televised, we're going to watch it together. Um, a bit of sibling rivalry when it comes to football. However, in saying that... We're going to get tanked, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it. However, in saying that, I've got a proposal for Dan. Let's see if, if Dan's up for this. If we can work it, how do you feel about doing a very first live watch-along on yeah. YouTube? Why not? If, if we can work it out. Yeah. We can do it. If we can do it, why not? And uh, they can. Um, bear in mind, I mean, if we, I get a ticket, then no. <laughs> yeah, this is, of course, if Dan doesn't get a ticket, I won't be going with him. I have other responsibilities. I can't be gallivanting off to uh, Manchester in, in the middle of the week, unfortunately. But Dan can. Um, but yeah, no, we may, if it's possible, we may go live and you can watch the, the sibling rivalry and the shithousery explode. As Manchester United spanked Cholton. But it'll all be worth it. Going to possibly be a spanking, bearing in mind the, the form that Marcus Rashford's in, because I don't know if you've seen his goal have, against yeah. Burnley. Um, just basically went through every Burnley defender like he, they weren't there and smashed the ball in the back of the net. Uh, delighted to see Aaron Wan-Bissaka back in the first team and playing. He gets a lot of stick. Last long. 
Um, I don't know. Ten Hag has come out and said that he's got a future at Old Trafford. So, and judging by... He I said the same about Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, but that was Ronaldo's doing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Aaron Wan-Bissaka, if he could stay at Man United on the 140 grand or whatever he's on, he's staying. Um, <laughs> but for those who say that uh, Wan-Bissaka isn't very good going forward, I suggest you go and watch the highlights on YouTube or wherever else you can find them. Of his assist for Christian Eriksen, um, for somebody who can't allegedly cross a ball or pass a ball very well, I respectfully disagree after seeing this assist. Have you seen it, Dan? No, I was watching Charlton. Right, well, go on to Twitter or whatever and have a look because it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Man United beat Burnley 2-0. Uh, Marcus Rashford was on another planet. He was doing his best. I think he stopped worshipping Ronaldo and has started worshipping Kylian Mbappe. Himself. By the looks of it. himself. Yeah, it's nice to see Marcus Rashford back. Um, poor old Donny van der Beek. Cup still there? after the World Cup, he's still there and he couldn't even get a start. No. On the bench, um, still. Literally, I think they had Casemiro at centre-half. Bench warmer. He might and play against Charlton. There you go, McTominay in uh, central midfield who did not have him. a game and has got a lot of stick for it. Uh, I'm... Oh, you mean Scott McTominay had a bad game? Yeah. Oh, we I'm, a bit, oh, well, I'm a bit confused because Casemiro has been so good for us in midfield. So why would you then put him in defence when Scott McTominay plays in defence for Scotland? So you would think it would have been the other way around. Yeah, but Scotland's shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you would think they of the one that's got the most experience playing centre-half, it would be Scott McTominay. But I just, there you are. I, just, I don't think Scott McTominay should be playing for Manchester United at all. You would know, you accept him at Charlton? Yeah, because we've got we're Charlton, we're in League One. You're not bad. In place of I, Dobson? No, Dobbo's better. <laughs> <laughs> George Dobson is a beautiful human being. Dear. Genuinely, I, the, if I'm again going on a bit of a detour, but Charlton's best players, literally the pair of them playing central midfield. We just need other players around them that know what football is. Well, it looks like you've potentially got uh, a new source of income coming into the club with. Uh, who's, who's the new guy that's coming that you're not happy with? Isn't he? We have no idea. Director of finance. No, no, or... he, he didn't come in. The guy that was supposed to come from Sunderland. Yeah. Um. He well, he isn't part of the club right now. Um. But the guy that has become our director shares a business with him. So. Right. The general consensus seems to be that this is like the beginning. They're putting, they're putting them in place, and then eventually they will take over. That's the kind of public perception. Whether we'll see what happens. It's Cholton. Uh, who knows at this point? Just in, just just uh just just exist is all I'm after really. Yeah, and not get, get relegated. No, we can get relegated. I don't really care. I genuinely believe, and that a lot of Cholton fans won't like this. Going down probably isn't the worst thing we could do if it means you get rid of the guard. S- starting again. We need to this squad needs to be dismantled and and everything needs to be rebuilt from as I said from a few weeks ago on the podcast, on the top up. So if Sangard does go, that's fine. We've got a new manager now in Holden, who's now got a, a, a director of football in Andy Scott. Right. The old Brentford manager that knows football, which we've been saying Sangard needs to do for a long time. If Holden's contract, by the way, is only till the end of the season. Right. Okay. So he's going to we'll have to see prove if, himself. See one if he he's going to be there. Two, if he does a good job, sure. In my head, if he keeps us up, fine. Um, and then in the summer, try and keep hold of Dobson, Fraser, 
that's about it, really. The rest of them can go if they want. <laughs> Maynard Brewer as well, young Australian keeper. We need about four strikers because this is this 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 Charlton fans, Ryan will know this one. I love Chucks and EK. However, he came on the pitch in the 59th minute and got injured in the 61st. I don't understand why they re-signed him. It's time for you, Chucks. I'm sorry, mate, but it's just time. They they've re-signed understand. him because when he does stay fit, he's probably the best striker in the league. Yes, but... but he's you, never fit. But he's never fit. You knew he had an injury problem. That's why you let him run his contract out, if I remember rightly. And then he went No, we were trying to, to keep him. Were you? We were trying to keep him, yeah. But we he were trying let, to keep him. his contract expired, right? Yeah. And then he went to, where was it, Birmingham? He went to Birmingham with Boya. And then you paid money to bring him back, knowing full yeah. well that he... It's because... So when the, the, the year that we had him, when we sold him to Birmingham... That January to May time, he didn't get injured for that period. Right. And he was so good. Well, you know Ronaldo's available on a free now. He's not, is he, anymore? Is he not? He signed that deal with the Saudi Arabian club, isn't he? Two when? years as a player, then five years as an ambassador. Has it been signed? Has it been formally I don't, think I don't think it's official, but... Well, come on then, tell Sangard to get in there, offer him a packet of crisps and... Uh, Sangard wouldn't pay my wages, that alone is. Doesn't Sangard pay your wages? You do work yeah. for Charlton, technically. No, I, I work for the Community Trust. But you, Nothing, you walk around with a Charlton badge on every day. Yes, because we're Charlton for the Community Trust. But Even though he's wearing a German football shirt right now. Um, Hertha, Hertha Berlin. Yeah. Yes. He's got he's got quite a checkered supporters history, as Dan. He just likes a football uh, shirt, really. I just like football shirts. You're nice, got, if it's like, nice and cheap, huge, I'll get them. He's got a huge pile of them from all over the world. Uh, have you got, got, have you got a Croatia shirt, by the way? No, I don't have any international shirts. What do you rate? Ones. Do you rate the Croatia shirt? No. No? No. Jam jar? What? It looks like a jam jar lid, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. We yes. need we need to play a new game now because if you, you know what it is, meme you sent me, it was like, let's play. What is it? Oh, jam yeah. jar lid or chic? <laughs> yeah. So now what we need to do is got to be jam jar chic or Croatian shirt. <laughs> the, um, the problem with the Croatian shirt is it looks too much like the dining cloth that my mum had when I was a bit younger. <laughs> it reminds me of Christmas. Um, I, I don't like that. I don't like checkered patterns, to be honest. I'm not a checkered fan. Oh, dear. I, like, I, I don't like a plain shirt. I don't like a shirt that's just red, for example. You, there's nothing to it. Any, any World Cup shirts while we're on there that tickled your fancy? Like the Argentinian uh... one. I thought that was very smart. I hate the Daniel one. I, I hate the say, I'm going to go controversial here, and, and you're not going to agree with me because you just said so. But I actually quite like the no, English shirt. No, I don't do the blue. I didn't think it was that bad. That's no, the blue. I can't deal with the blue. I always Why, by the way? Playing red and white. white and blue. Is that I have blue? no idea. Where's the blue come from? It's like the last five years. Everything blue? Yeah. No idea, especially when our international flag is red and white. Yes, it red and white. Makes no sense, but. There you go. How are you, before we sign off, how do you feel looking back now on England's performance at the World Cup? Um, I think, yeah, because we haven't done a podcast since since we got there. No, since we got knocked out. Now. No, I'm um I'm very proud of of the England team. Um, I I know we lost to in the quarterfinals, and people will say that's not good enough. We lost to a side that got to a final, an experienced side at a World Cup. I still think we're a side that hasn't reached its peak. I think we've finally shown 
our attacking talent at a tournament. It was the first time I think Southgate's unleashed some attacking football. Agreed. Um, and after, I just I generally came out of the Euros, well the World Cup, thinking what I <clears throat> I said it to Ryan and I'll say it on the podcast. I, I, I still think Harry Kane scores that penalty and doesn't send it back home. Um, I think we go on to beat France. Um, whether we'd win the World Cup is another thing. But I know I'm genuinely excited for the for the future. I think we've still got, as I said, Rice is still quite young, Bellingham, Rashford, Kane. If Jaden Sancho can sort himself out, Bakaya Saka. Rich there's talent James, in the team. There's talent in the team to go fortune. My only concern is, and we've said this off the podcast, but I'll say it now, is we don't seem to have anyone up and coming to replace Harry Kane. That is my only real concern with this England squad. Callum Wilson's okay. Tammy Abraham's is okay. Ivan Tony's got so many uh, FA charges against him now. He's probably got more charges than what he's earned in a week. I so, still think it's going to end up being Rashford. I would, I would probably, if Kane's not fit or needs a change of pace, I would in a, say in another there. in a, in another world we don't have this problem because it's Mason Greenwood. But sadly, Mason Greenwood's a bellend. He's a yeah. dick. <laughs> There's no other polite way of saying it. No. So that's that. But in another world, that's quite a handy replacement. It is indeed. And Gareth Southgate, there was some speculation following the team's exit, which it does seem to happen with every team. It's not just England. The minute someone goes out of a, of a World Cup or a Euros, automatically there is like a, is their manager staying? Is he going? Is he fired? You know, it's been the same with Deschamps. There's been talk about him being moved on with Zidane. Southgate has announced that he's going to stay until the next Euros and see out his contract. You happy with that? Yeah, I mean, I was someone who, after the Nations League, was starting to join the Southgate needs to be moved on. And we had quite an open conversation, didn't we, in the World Cup preview yeah. about what we felt Southgate needed to do. And he came out and kind of did everything we wanted him to do. He played that attacking formation. He stuck to it, he stuck to it as well. When In that France yeah. game, he could have very easily gone five at the back. So, yeah, no, I think he deserves another chance. He's shown, we've shown attacking football, carry it on. We've got to go into the European qualifiers with a difficult group we've obviously we've got to play Italy and Ukraine um, so that's going to be difficult I still think we get out of it, there's another Nations League coming as well which is just joyous um, no there's not there's not, You're right, it's the qualifiers say, we're so, in League 2 so yeah, but that, we didn't qualify that's after the Euros because we got relegated um, so <clears throat> as I said we're in a group with Italy and Ukraine and Malta because I've been looking at my, me and my friends might be going to the England Malta game in Malta yeah, don't blame it's, you yeah, Next Get a June. nice holiday in. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think as long as he carries it on, I'm quite happy with him. Yeah, I agree. I think there was a big improvement in the terms of the performances and there was uh, definite signs of him growing tactically as a manager. So... Uh, I, just wonder, I wondered what the spark was. What was it that made him go, well, no, we're going to do it this way, sod it. I think he realised after the relegation from the performance for the two bob league whatever it's called the nations league is it is the nations league isn't it mm. um i think he just realized it was just like i can't be playing free at the back it's too it's too defensive i can't have two <laughs> two <laughs> oh sorry hello you've gone down right, try like again. Say, it's, it's it's bizarre because in a world where football is now kind of dominated by midfielders we just had so much space. Every team just taking the piss out of us in the middle. 
Yes, and I, I think he learned that very quickly after I've, I've said on the podcast against the uh, in the Iran game when we smashed them but conceded two goals. I think he realised that that area in central midfield was a little bit dicey, so he put uh, Jordan Henderson in in place of Mason Mount, and it went and the uh, sort of like it improved the situation and allowed Bellingham to play with more freedom. So. I'm very happy with the progress made by the England team and Gareth Southgate as a manager. I don't think it necessarily looks like we've progressed because of where we finished compared to previous tournaments. We've, but I would that argue, digressed, but... yeah, but I would argue that the performances and the the quality of football in this tournament was far superior to that of the Euros and the previous World Cup. And as anyone who's watched Monty Python would know. From the French, I fart in your general direction. Yes, your mother smells. Your mother smells like elderberries. Uh, <laughs> before we do sign off, that was where are we? There we are. We're going to say once again uh, a thank you and a shout out to let us talk underscore mental health on Twitter. Uh, let us talk. Oh. The, the lads raising. Oh, there's me. Fun. Yeah, there's you. There's, there's Dan there in his little blue shirt. Uh, Big Dan. Um, raising money for Mental Health Charity Mind and the Proper Blokes Club, walking and talking, raising awareness and breaking stigma surrounding men's mental health. You can follow them on Twitter at Bloke Club. Uh, at Blokes Club, I haven't even had a Christmas drink yet. And uh, <laughs> www.thepropablokesclub.co.uk. Uh, get in touch with them, see if there's a walk around your area if you need it, or talk to them about starting one. Uh, it's been a, a really good year for the pod overall. We've uh, launched up on to YouTube. And thank you to everybody who tunes into the pod when it does get posted. Our numbers have gone up significantly yes. uh, recently, especially with other the other platforms. You can find us, as always, on YouTube, on Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iTunes. We are absolutely everywhere. But this is going to be the last show until 2023 yes uh, and in 2023 brian doesn't even know this yet because it's something that we spoke about but it's come there is a new platform or way of listening slash hint hint reading football funders pod um, in the in the pipeline i'm just trying to finish how it looks and then uh, we'll be able to tell you a bit more well even i don't know about this so stay tuned yeah, viewers and listeners and uh, follow us on twitter uh fball funders and the uh, gmail and you can leave comments on videos like this one uh, on YouTube. So on behalf of myself, Dan, the absent captain, who I, we believe has been killed by a giant fish finger, but we're yet to get reports confirming that he is in fact lost at sea. We would like to wish you uh, MIA. and our associates a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. And um, we will see you all again in 2023. Last right. word, Dan. Goodbye, Ryan. Goodbye, Dan. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.